Welcome to the Together for Good podcast, brought to you by Bethany Lutheran Church in Cherry Hills Village, Colorado. Today's episode, I have good news. He's back. Brian Jaster is joining me again for another lively, energetic conversation. Uh, This conversation builds upon the one that Brian and I had several episodes back. You might remember I brought Brian on and we talked about discipleship. Well, today we're talking about service learning, which as we describe in our conversation is really kind of another way of thinking about discipleship, a focused version of it. Uh, It's something that Brian is so passionate about and so well-spoken. He's been doing this type of work for a long time and thought a lot about it. Uh, So we wanted to bring it to you today. Also, just so you know, stay tuned towards the end of our conversation. Brian and I mention a service learning opportunity that's coming up really soon here at Bethany. So you don't want to miss that. But now, without further ado, here's Brian and I talking service learning. All right, I'm here with Brian Jaster. And the last time Brian was on this podcast, we talked about discipleship. And Brian got really excited, as he often does when he gets talking about things that he loves and is passionate about. And so um, we wanted to do a follow-up as well because Brian's just fun to talk to. And so we're going to kind of take a, a tangential point to discipleship, I think we could say. And we want to talk about service learning. And I'll be honest, the way that this came up is I said, Brian, you did such a good job on the podcast last time. What else are you good at talking about? What else do you want to talk about? And he's like, service learning. So that's why we're here. But you'll also see that this sets up perfectly for some fun things we're going to be doing at Bethany in the coming weeks. Uh, But Brian, I mean, the service learning, that, that sounds probably like, you know, word jumble, word salad to some people. Yeah. What the heck does that even mean? Yeah. Gosh, yeah, service learning. I don't know who came up with the words, and, and they work, but if that does sound like, you know, like some sort of complicated speak, it's not. It simply means that Jesus um, serves first, um, puts himself last, puts others first, loves uh, others with his whole life, and we get to as well. And in that act of doing things the way that Jesus does, we certainly get to learn from it. We get to learn about who people are. We get to learn about this world that God loves. We get to learn about ourselves. Um, and so the whole journey of service learning is just becoming last of all and servant of all and being Jesus' disciple wherever we are. And that can happen if you're opening a door or listening to someone, building something, wherever you are at any time. Um, so it's both accidental and it's both in, 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 intentional. Yeah, and it's very, that's interesting. Like it's kind of, it, it really does make sense that we're doing this as a the next podcast after discipleship, whereas discipleship, yep. you're kind of talking with broad strokes, but Correct. service learning is something pretty specific, mm-hmm. and yet it's a very specific form of following Jesus, is what I hear you saying. Absolutely. You bet. You bet. So that's the thing. It, it, is, a, it is how we live as disciples is to, is to serve first. Uh, I mean, Jesus said it to his, I think, disciples at that point who were wondering where they get their places of power and authority. And in contrast, he says, well, whoever wants to follow has to be last of all and servant of all. And so we get that invitation from Jesus to live a little different life than we might have expected. Um, but it, it is an intentional call. And so, um, yeah, I'd like to tell a story or two about that. I could tell you about kind of like the process for everybody, wherever you are, and kind of how it goes every day. Um, but yeah, and, well, and let me ask a question. I do want to hear these stories. But is it fair to say that like the disciples themselves were engaged in service learning? Because yep. they were kind of watching Jesus do things, and then Jesus would routinely send them out to also go and serve. 
And yep. so is that basically what we're talking about when we say service learning? Yes, there's even this story, I think it's like in Luke chapter 10 or 11, where he sends them out in pairs, right? And this is a very intentional step. Like he's trained them so, so far, maybe it's behind the scenes, maybe it's around campfires, but he's finally said, okay, now it's really your turn. You're going to go and do this. And they get to come back and they get to process it and learn from it again. So he very much had this intentional, I don't know, like this vision in mind for how he's going to train these kids you know, plan B disciples as they were and, and, and how they might go out and, and, and change this world. And I guess that's the thing about service learning is it's transformative. Yeah. What I want to say first is the goal of the whole process is it's transformative. So if I might just throw this out, service learning happens through preparation, through action, through reflection, and through celebration. And so wherever we are, whatever we're doing, and however we want to serve, if we want to engage it intentionally, it's going to happen through that kind of flow. And so if we, if we prepare well, if we act well, if we reflect on it well, if we solve it well, we'll receive the, the most fruitfulness of the transformation of whatever that means. Whatever that it is that God wants to make us look a little bit more like the life of Jesus in the world, that whole process, it, it does happen if we really truly attempt to engage as much of that as we can. So what's really interesting, though, about the way you're describing this is that it sounds like the goal of service learning isn't necessarily what you accomplish Not at all. Mm -mm. while serving. Nope. So you're not like measuring like, oh, we built 12 houses, nope. we cleaned up 18 parks. I mean, that's good. That's good. That's part of it. But you're kind of flipping the script and saying, no, 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 by engaging in service learning, it's changing you on a personal level. It's a transformational yep. process. Yeah, and I, and I think like, for example, like schools have like service hours, which is good, right? But the part, place that I think schools wish that they could do more fully is they could go full circle with people and say, well, this is actually about life transformation, world transformation. What happened with schools, for example, though, as, as I've experienced, is like often it's like, well, how many hours do kids put in and what did they accomplish? Which are good things, but it's not quite the whole picture. What Jesus engages is that whole life picture in a way that I wish we always could in every sphere, whether it's church or congregation or home. And so, like, for example, um, the preparation stage is so important. So let's say, for example, we want to have something that looks like a multicultural experience. Well, one of the things I might have to do, I might have to do the hard work of figuring out what is the baggage I might bring to a situation. If I'm going to a place where people speak a different language or if they're a different income level, how do I prepare myself to be less? How do I prepare myself to be servant last of all? How do I get rid of the assumptions that I might bring with? All the things that might get in the way of an actual experience of Jesus at work in the world. Um, so there's no longer like us versus them or a hierarchy. It's simply us. Yeah. So that's a hard, hard work. Because like, for example, I went on a mission week in, in Guatemala, right? In a very impoverished part of, of uh, rural kind of Ant near Antigua, Guatemala, and that was one of the huge things we had to do was how do we prepare ourselves in a way that actually diminishes ourselves, that gets rid of some things, that names our baggage, because we can often bring to ourselves whatever it is, you know, we can quickly turn into like, I don't know, maybe it's wealthy people trying to fix something, right? We throw money at it. Well, mm -hmm. some of the preparation that's healthy is listen to Jesus, say you must be last of all and third of all. Well, what does that look like? So sometimes the preparation is actually the harder work than the actual like thing you're doing. Yeah. Um, so just. Well, and so and I'm thinking of part of your involvement in service learning relates to the National ELCA Youth yeah, Gathering, right, correct? Right. right. And so when I was growing up, and then I also had the chance to to work on um, a couple of those youth gatherings myself. It was just this big event. Yep. That where thirty thousand Lutheran youth from all over the country gathered together. And it's always like there's always big worship services and like Christian bands yep. and these interaction centers where there's a whole bunch of fun things to do all day. 
Um, and that was how it was when I was growing up. But a few years back, probably yeah. about a decade ago or about so a decade. Now, uh-huh. a little they more. changed it, didn't they? Yeah, it did. And, and it changed partly in response to, I think we had some sense that the galley was going to be in New Orleans. And then Hurricane Katrina happened. So I think just the trauma and the tragedy of a natural disaster that genuinely transformed that part of the world really changed for the, the, the gathering because we asked, like, what does New Orleans most need? Uh-huh. What does most New Orleans need from God and from God's people? Yeah. And what, what can we do together as we, the we of New Orleans, for the, for the love of the community, the love of the space, and the transformation of the world? Um, and that's actually why the youth gathering ended up coming back in 2012 because they felt those same questions had so much urgency still because there still was so much pain so much devastation about land and property and houses that it was worth it um and so that's kind of the you know as as the gathering prepared you know to, to act together that was the thing like okay it, how do we know that what we're going to do is going to make us feel like we're last now a little bit like we're truly humbling ourselves and yet finding in all the spaces the story and the life of the people who just need someone to walk alongside them um, so, yeah. well, and when I was right, like going to the youth gathering as a youth myself was a transformational experience. Yes, absolutely. And yet, I did no service project, right? Like this was—I yeah. forget what year that it was that I went to it, but there, that was just wasn't a part of what we were doing there. Right. And it really seems wise, in my opinion, for them to kind of make this transition. You know, there's still some really amazing things that happen, and just the reality of getting thirty thousand people together who all share the same faith is in of itself transformational mm-hmm. but to then also add this service learning element to it and make that the focus and yep. the goal not only right like when you bring in 30,000 people to work in a city that that should like, that changes the city for the better one would hope it does yep um, a lot can get done with that mass of people but also for each of the individuals who are coming to yes. be a part of that service learning experience. And, and I'm sure you've seen it. So tell, I'm sure maybe it's the youth gathering or other yeah. you know, trips you've led. Talk to us about like, ways you've seen that kind oh, of happen. So many. I mean, I think the thing about service learning, and, and it's important, is the transformation that happens. Um, we simply cannot anticipate in advance simply because we are not in charge. This is the Spirit's work. And so when it's the Spirit's work, unexpected things are going to happen. And so one example I give of this is when we were in Tuscaloosa, Alabama. This is mid-July of 2012. They'd had a tornado come through just before and had cut a mile-wide path through town. Absolute devastation. It missed the university, but it just cut a mile-wide path. And so we were in a neighborhood where there had been 500 homes, and there was like four homes standing. And, we were, and others where it was just truly debris land, trees everywhere, on, on leaning against houses and poking through, right? And so we um, joined with an organization there that plopped us in the middle of this neighborhood and put us in a couple different sites and just said, start cleaning stuff up, start moving debris, start doing things. And that was the action that we knew we were going to be doing. And we did that, sweated immensely, Chick-fil-A brought us food for free, like all this stuff happened. It was just absolutely un- unbelievable. Well. Here's what got our attention, though. And this is where service learning takes that twist from focusing on the thing you know you're doing, which is we knew how many cars we had, we knew how many shovels, you know, stuff, to the things that God might surprise you most. And we had taken a small break, probably just after lunch, sweating crazy, had about 100 people. Somehow we managed to get those, all the people that kind of stopped at the same moment and had a moment where we were going to get to talk about something specific. And one of my students, who was, I think, then a sophomore, she said to everybody, stop look at this bee. And we were like, wait, what are you talking about? We're talking about all kinds of, all these conversations. 
And she stands up and she says, no, really, everybody stop. Look what this bee is doing. Well, sure enough in the ground, I mean, we're in the kind of like debris central, like tree limbs and logs and dirt and ash and all kinds of stuff and all the things that have gone on. She's looking at this, dirt, this bee who has been digging a hole in the ground over and over and over again. And she's like, I bet that bee's been doing this for a long time. And we're like, yeah. She's like, I bet that bee is like God. And we're like, what do you mean? She's like, well, because that bee was working on this a long time we were before, before we were here, and that bee will be here a lot longer after we're gone, still doing its thing. Huh. Everybody's minds were blown. I mean, absolutely, were like, what? And it was so interesting because what was service learning? Service learning was listening to this student, listening to this tiny little bee doing its thing. It was not the thing that we thought we were there for, which, again, we did some of that stuff. There was, I got a picture somewhere of like 15 huge high school guys carrying this massive tree down the road because <laughs> they were so excited they could actually pick it up. And it weighed like, oh my gosh, like 2,000 pounds, yeah, right? Yeah, sure. And just getting off the ground, the sweat and the, and the grunting, like that was, it was great. And they remember that, but guess what? We remember those moments too. The little teeny bee that's been doing the work of God, evidently, before we were there and we'll be there long after. And so that's also part of the thing about service learning. You, it becomes a moment where you realize it's just not about you. We live in this world with so much consumerism that just seeps in our bones everywhere. You know, you can, uh, you can choose your countertops, you can pick your cereal, Colgate or Crest. Like we're always consuming something, and it's for us and for our preferences. Service learning turns that whole thing on its head and says it's just not about you. Yeah. It's really about God, already doing as God's doing. You get to join in and play the, and do the dance, sing the song, buzz with the bee, whatever it is. And so that's the transformative thing, is those moments where you just realize you're yeah. part of something significant going on. So that's the learning event, right? And the learning event, you get to ask, what happened? What? So what? And now what? What happened? So what? And now what? Because service something transforms you. When you ask that question, now what? Now that I've seen this bee doing the tiniest thing that's going to be gone a lot longer than I have and will keep on going, that looks a lot lot, lot like what God is doing. Well, now what? Now what do I do with that? How does that shape my life along the ways of Jesus to be last and certain of all? Um, And so that's the thing. If you're listening to this right now, you know, whatever you're doing, like, let's say someone else opened the door for you today. You're at, oh, well, maybe you went somewhere. Maybe you went to Target. Somebody opened the door for you or they let you go in front of them in line, Right. Just watch that moment and say, well, what happened? Well, what really just happened there? And then say, so what? Well, why did that happen? And then now what? Well, will I do that with my life? Will I put someone else first? Because service learning does not take an entire trip. And that's the one big thing that I think the, oh, the yeah. church in America has screwed up big time. We have this whole idea of big mission trips and of this, you know, time where we did the Western expansion and we killed off millions of people and we took over and we dominated. That was completely wrong. Service learning is every day everywhere and it's little teeny acts of being last of all and serving all along the way of jesus yeah so it's more of like a mindset thing it is than anything else mm-hmm. and what's really right like and so when you're that makes so much sense too in light of everything else that you've already told us as a part of this conversation right is that it's a it's about changing your mindset like and when jesus yep. comes and changes our life that transformational moment mm-hmm. more often than not it's our mindset that's changing we're just led to see yeah. the world in a different way. Like I think about the individual you're mentioning on this Tuscaloosa trip. Yeah. Um, what was her name again? Did you say her name? I, I didn't, but yeah. Oh, wait, wait, wait. But so she, right, like, was 
was changed by that experience. Yeah. Probably would not in a normal day have stopped to look and consider the bee, yeah. but just experiencing that and being a part of that entire moment right. causes her to be like, wait a second, I'm noticing this now, right? It's a total mindset change. Oh yeah. Th and that could happen then, like who knows if that happened for her as well, back at home, you know, two weeks later, long after the trip was over. Yeah, absolutely. Why do we keep on praying the way we keep on praying? Why do we keep on reading scripture the way we keep on reading scripture? Because that prepares us over and over and again. It's like, it's like the iron that's us just getting, keep getting refined and sharpened and honed and shaped over and over again, day after day, day after day after day. That student, absolutely. It's the stuff we've done to prepare in the six, eight, 10, 12 months before that has absolutely somehow gotten her ready to receive that moment too, to listen to and drink in the experience too. So it's not like it was a complete accident. I mean, there is something to be said that God is always working on us and God always wants to shape us in a certain way that does look like Jesus. Yeah. And that's why like every day being aware of this whole rhythm of, of service learning is, is, is significant because it, it doesn't all happen at once. You know, it's, it's like slow incremental steps along the way that happens. And so again, I invite you to ask like, you know, what, so what, and now what is a process to kind of engage that wherever you're at. Yeah. You know, and I, I love that. Yeah. What, what's happening? So what, now what, right? Like it's yep. a, it's a very intentional, a very mindful practice. And you know, I mean, you've heard me ramble about this a lot before, but I just think, that when it comes to a life of faith, like w the most important thing we can do, it's really simple, is just remember God, right? Like just bring that lens yep. into whatever, and that's exactly what you're describing, right? Like just yep. pause for a second, what's happening? Where is God in this situation? Okay, so what? Okay, now what? Yeah, I love that. And I, and I think this is so huge right now. If you're listening to this anytime in uh, 2020, there is a dramatic amount of uncertainty, of fear, and of chaos that's trying to tell us a story. And on some level, I wanna shout back at that and say, this is a lie. Yeah. Because we are actually part of God's story by a God whose love is boundless, timeless, and yet for this time. Mm -hmm. And so the gift that we have is that God wants to speak to us something new. And that's why we think for Advent, this journey we call Prophet projects yeah yeah where we get to hear the voices of the prophets who tell us a specific story that we so desperately need to hear this is and friends so listen this is not like oh you know another thing that we're kind of doing we hope and believe that this is essential and so deeply needed for life that we do these service learning projects for needs that we actually know in the world and the truth is what we learn from it is going to be unexpected yeah that's oh that's really good that god's just going to surprise us with something's whatever's gonna going happen on in this yeah it's not as linear and logical as we might no. expect right yeah it, it's like your friend again didn't expect to be moved mm -hmm. by the workings of a bee it's totally unexpected but brian did a really good job he was getting to the now what of all this yeah. i didn't realize it yep. but yes at bethany during the advent season we are going to be focusing on voices of the prophets and so during worship, every week, we'll be focusing on a different prophecy, um, a different prophet from long ago who said some things that seem to predict the coming of Jesus and Jesus' implications for our life. Another thing that prophets often did, though, and these also show up in Advent, prophets were often saying, hey, you need to care about those people who are most in need. You need to be caring about the vulnerable. That seemed to be a continual cry Huge. of the prophets, depending on... You know, if you're reading Jeremiah or Isaiah or Micah, it really they're oftentimes saying, care for those who are in need. And so we're kind of putting these two together, and we have a service learning project for the entire Bethany community yep. to take part in during the Advent season. And one of the things that's most frustrating about this COVID time 
is that you can't go and volunteer like you used to. Yep. A lot of the places won't let you in. We used to do those meal packings here at Bethany, which were fun and joyous and great for all ages. Can't be doing that right now. So we put our heads together and we've come up with the profit projects. And we think we've got a way for people at home to engage in all of this. Do you want to say more about it, Ryan? Oh, that's perfect. And it's just simply to ultimately do what is most needed and to put ourselves a little last. Because it's not like these are going to be easy either. It's something that's going to take your time, energy, commitment. And we're also going to celebrate in some really weird ways that I hope one high school youth can come up with some of those weird ways. And they're writing a devotional called Voice of the Prophet with some people that just helps tell the story that needs to be told by us, that needs to be told as God's story for this time. Lest we think that the story of everything sucks, life's falling <laughs> apart, is the only story we have. Right. No, we don't. Yeah, we, we, we live <laughs> by a different story, even in difficult times like this. Yep. And so for the Prophet Projects, yeah, there's a, there will be a devotional book that kind of links in with this whole theme of Voices of the Prophets. But our hope for Prophet Projects is we are going to be collecting warm clothing, etc., for Denver Rescue Mission, which serves the homeless population in Denver. Winters get cold in Denver, and homelessness is definitely up during these times as people struggle with paying rent and everything else. And so um, we want to you know, be supporting that really important ministry. And, and again, we also wanted to try and find a way so that you as an individual or as a family could do some like work at home, work with your hands. So we found a way to make really simple blankets. Some of you are already super talented and you're like, oh, I can sew hats and mittens and gloves and all that. Great. But then we also wanted those like Brian and I who maybe aren't as crafty. <laughs> um, <laughs> yep. And we found some really great, we'll, we'll be putting together kind of like these kits that'll show you how to make the first, uh, your first fleece blanket that could then be donated to Denver Rescue Mission to help the homeless. And our hope is that families and individuals will kind of take up this challenge that will get a good count going of all the, right? Not that it's about the numbers that we contribute, but that's just a fun way to, to track yep. the work that's going on the service learning that's happening in our midst. So stay tuned for more details on that. We did want to kind of tease that as the now what. But Brian, any closing thoughts for us? Just to tie a neat bow on service learning in general. Well, wherever you are today, um, know that Jesus has gone before us and is telling a story where he invites you into the story. The story where to be his follower, to walk in his footsteps, to be covered with the dust of of our rabbi Jesus, as Kira would say, you get to be last of all and servant of all. And in that place, you are enough. You are named, you are called, you are sent. So rise up, dear people of Bethany and world. Be those disciples um, and love this world well as we approach Advent. Awesome. Brian, thanks for being here as always. And as we say at the end of every podcast, friends, stay in peace.